This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome everybody back to another edition of Cheergating Movie Review. This episode, I am going to do Insidious. I just recently saw Insidious for The Last Key. So what I'm going to do is review all the Insidious movies and then give you my opinion of The Last Key without trying to give away anything or put any spoilers into it. So let's just get right into it. It made the castle run in less than 12 parsecs. Inconceivable! The best. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, ah! You can't handle the truth. That's a can of pan. All the way down. So I'm going to start by saying I am a huge fan of the Insidious series. I think director James Wan reinvigorated the horror genre for the modern age. He is amazing, and I love most of what he does, especially the Insidious series. I'm a big fan of it as a whole. So starting with Insidious, the first Insidious in 2010, this is probably one of my favorite modern-day horror films. I don't think it's necessarily one of the scariest. I just really enjoy... The film itself, I enjoy how it portrays um, a lot of issues with a family dealing with something like this, the demonic spirits, uh, life after death. I really enjoy what James Wan built there. So in the first one, it's about the Lambert family, and they're, they move into a new home, and there are issues with the house. Essentially, their son goes into... An unexpected coma somehow we're not really sure because the doctors say it's not a coma but he's in the state of of a coma they're not really sure what's going on but there's been a lot of weird things happening in the house the mother uh, Renee Lambert decides that the house is haunted and that they need to move now in a lot of horror films 
they just kind of the especially the husband character will always be like, well, you just you're not dealing with it, blah blah blah. We're not moving. Here's Johnny. And that's usually the problem because the house is haunted. Whereas later we find out it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. They move because Josh Lambert is a great husband and actually believes his wife and wants her to be happy. So they decide to move. They move into a new home and the same thing keeps happening. Nothing's really changing. They don't know what to do, so they talk to Josh's mom who says, we've dealt with this before. Josh has no idea what they're talking about and it's because the same thing happened to him as a child, but his memory was erased. Uh, this is where the character Elise comes in who has the ability to go in to what they call the further, a place where you go after death. Now this place is unfortunately filled with a lot of bad characters that don't want to leave the further but instead torment the living uh, or even take the body of the living if they're able. Demons in particular live in this place called the further. So their son his spirit is stuck in the further. This is because he has the ability to astro, astral projection, uh, where especially when you go to bed, uh, your body, your spirit leaves your body, and you can travel. He initially thinks he's some kind of superhero because he can fly, but uh, because of this, his spirit gets stuck in the further, and this demon who looks pretty much like Darth Maul is keeping his spirit there in attempt to possess his body. Family doesn't really know what to do for the most part, but uh, Elise decides Josh needs to go in and get his son because although his memory was wiped as a child, uh, he has the same ability. So he's able to go into the further and try to get his son. He is encountered with a lot of creepy stuff, uh, a family that was murdered by their daughter, um, you know, the, the Darth Maul demon, but she tells him, you're alive, you're stronger than they are, and that kind of gives him the ability to fight back, uh, not so much against Darth Maul, per se, but the other evil spirits in there. He can fight back. He's stronger than them. So he finds his son, and they are racing to get back to their bodies in the house, where he is confronted by this evil spirit that was initially trying to possess him as a child uh the bride in black as uh, you come to find out she is called she confronts him in the further and he tells her go away go away like he, he's stronger than her she needs to go away he's facing literally the demon of his past and she appears to go away as they wake up in their bodies and everything is happy and good um Elise is talking to Josh, and he hands back the photos she had of him as a child uh, that they had to destroy because it you know, caused his bad memories. He hands them back to her, saying, uh, I won't need these anymore. For some reason, Elise sees something that really freaks her out, so she decides to take a photo of Josh where he just flips and murders her. He strangles her to death. Uh, bad way to go out for Elise. The, they're not really sure like what happened to her. You know That kind of starts up the second film, but as the audience, we see it was actually the bride in black, uh, the evil spirit. She ended up possessing Josh's body. 
So it was her and Josh's body that murdered Elise. Now moving on to the second film. The second film was actually where uh, the first film left off. The Lambert family decides to move in with Josh's mom for the time being because they're still a little freaked out, obviously, for what happened. Uh, while they're living there, we get to see some of Josh's past as a kid. We get some of that story of his childhood and having to deal with the bride in black. All the while, we're cutting back and forth uh, where the family's getting more and more suspicious that Josh isn't himself because he's acting weird and creepy and, you know, everything else. All the while, Elise is dead, so they're, they're kind of confused as to... Uh, how they should go about this. The characters, her sidekicks, Specs and Tucker, um, who are inevitably in all four films, regardless of how you feel about them, kind of the lighthearted uh, comedy duo to the horror franchise. Uh, their jokes are a little, uh, you know, in the first one they're pretty good, and they the, the duo gets progressively worse as the franchise goes on. That's just my opinion, though. Anyway, uh, without their leader, Elise, they're not really sure how to go about this, so they find a person that worked with Elise um, from her past, and he helps them figure it out. They end up going to Elise. Her spirit is kind of giving them messages, like hints as to how, what they need to do. They end up going to the hospital that Josh's mom used to work at, and find out that there was this old man that was in this hospital that attacked Josh as a kid, and that was kind of weird, right? Let's let's just, oh, by the way, yeah, there was this creepy old guy that wanted to kill Josh as a kid. No, that couldn't have anything to do with the story, could it? Uh, she sees him in the hospital one last time in the elevator. He doesn't acknowledge her even though she's trying to talk to him. And then she asks uh, the person at the front desk in the hospital, like, why is he out of bed? And the lady's just like, what the hell are you talking about? That guy just died like last night so yeah josh's mom just completely oblivious to this like oh no that shouldn't have anything to do with the story they end up finding out through more flashbacks that this old man that attacked josh was is actually the spirit of the bride in black the person that's uh possessing josh it's not a woman at all it's a deranged uh old man uh growing up as a child his mother was clearly crazy and wanted a daughter. Unfortunately, this was before 2017 when transgender was widely accepted. So she forces him to be a daughter, wear dresses, and, and he can't go by his name, Parker. He has to go by this uh, female name. I can't remember now, but he has to go by this female name that she gave him. So he ends up clearly becoming crazy, and after she dies, while he's an old man... Uh, he decides to dress up as a woman and go around murdering people where he gets the title The Bride in Black, which is what the newspaper was calling these murders. Uh, it was the old man in the hospital before he died, so when he died, he remembered Josh and he wanted the youth and boyhood of Josh. He wanted to kind of relive it because he never got it, which is kind of sad, actually. <laughs> um... So they find out who it is. That's all good and well. They need to go back to the further to find Josh's spirit to save him and get him back into his body. Elise is there. Uh, she's waiting for them to help the, guide them. They confront uh, the young boy Parker and, and says, you know, you don't have to listen to your mother anymore. 
blah 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 uh, and just while Josh's possessed body is about to kill his wife Renee Elise kills or at least destroys uh, the evil spirit of the bride in black um, saving young boy Parker saving Josh saving the day and the family ends up getting uh, hypnotized to forget the whole uh, ordeal just like Josh did as a young boy to hopefully move on from all this and live a happy life again. That's where uh, that's where the second film ends, and it's actually the end of the franchise, timeline-wise. So the third one picks up uh, years before the first one, but after the flashbacks of the second. So kind of not, you know... I'm not sure uh, the time that the third one is based in. All I know is that the girl who's a teenager, the main character in this one, she has a sidekick. So, you know, I can only assume, you know, early to mid-2000s. Quinn Brenner, who is this main character, she's this teenager. She goes to Elise, who is grieving because her husband had just a year previous committed suicide. So she doesn't really want to do this anymore. She's also nervous because the bride in black who she encountered as Josh was a young boy swore that uh, she would eventually get her revenge and murder Elise. I'll get you, my pretty. Which (laughs) she does end up doing in the end of the first movie, as we saw. So anyway, um, she, she tells Quinn, no, I can't help you contact your mother. I'm sorry, you need to find someone else and Quinn leaves. Quinn's still having issues in the apartment complex that they live in, and uh, Elise has a vision or a dream pretty much compelling her to go help Quinn um, just at the last second, too, because Quinn, after failing an audition uh, for some kind of Broadway school or something, gets uh, notice a man standing at the end of the street and is staring at him, and Pretty much straight from Mean Girls, she just gets hit by a car. And that's how Regina George died. So she goes into a coma-like state, similar to what we've seen in the first and second film, and this is when your spirit can go to the further. The evil demon in this film is called the man that can't breathe, and he is very creepy. He is just an old guy that has to wear a oxygen mask. And he's very powerful, apparently, because as Elise goes into the further, where you usually have power over the dead because you're alive, he seems to kind of match her power or, you know, have more power than her. So he's clearly very powerful, uh, He, but he's not a demon. He was a spirit of a man that used to live in the apartment. And instead of trying to possess bodies to come back to the world of the living, he wants to stay in the further and collect spirits kind of as pets in a really weird, sick way. So, Elise ends up facing him. She's having problems because he is holding on to Quinn's spirit no matter how hard they try. And eventually, the spirit of Elise's uh, dead mother comes back and helps save Elise where she pulls off the oxygen mask of the man who can't breathe, and he is destroyed, and the day is saved. And her mother's spirit will always be with her. End of the third movie. Moving on to the last key. 
in the third movie, Elise meets Tucker and Specs because they're essentially YouTube celebrity guys that uh, follow around ghosts. So in this film, in The Last Key, they're now officially working for her. That's kind of their they have their own little duo. So of course she they have become. Uh, main characters of the film they are officially main characters with elise and their antics and jokes just kind of get more annoying because instead of you know comedic relief sidekick characters now they're kind of like in the limelight this film uh takes place in new mexico and it takes place in the house where elise was born and raised at least until she was 16 she as a child always had these abilities but her psychotic father, uh, who was abusive, just hated the fact that she had these abilities. Now this evil demon who loves keys uh, is adding keys to his hands. To his, so instead of fingers, he has keys that create sparks for whatever reason. Uh, she's supposed to suppress her abilities to see the dead, but she doesn't. She goes back to her town in New Mexico where this person who is clearly desperate is living in her old house for like the first half of the movie this character is pretty much just playing andy from the office in that episode where he comes back as a janitor in disguise and just looks like miserable that's this character that's who he is he's just andy from the office as the janitor hey nelly i made i made some soup well i don't want any soup but it's really good. Oh, come on, Andy! So, it's kind of annoying, but uh, it's interesting to get some of her backstory and understand where she's coming from. Uh, I, I can't go any further without giving anything away, but, you know, she deals with a lot of things in her past, like her brother and her family that's still there and why her father was so horrible to her what happened in this house the demon uh, with the keys is kind of in my opinion kind of a weak story um but he's creepy and he's very powerful so that's interesting the end of this film ties up the entire series because it ends where the first one starts uh on the phone with josh's mom saying she'll be there tomorrow morning uh, to see what's going on in their household. So it, it definitely ties up all the loose ends of the uh, of all the films. And you get kind of the whole spectrum of the, the series. The, the fourth installment, The Last Key, they, some of the things that I think they missed on, they had a great opportunity with the setting because the house, really creepy house, and it's set right next to a prison. And I was really expecting a lot of it having to do with the prison and set in the prison and getting some more backstory as to, you know, this demon was maybe an evil spirit that was uh, locked up in the prison. You don't really ever learn anything about the prison, which is really disappointing. It's like you have this huge opportunity sitting literally right next to the house and you never take advantage of it. I was a little disappointed with that. Uh, other than that, I would probably rank it better than the third. Uh, I know a lot of people might disagree with me. I would say in order, the first Insidia is by far the best, and then number two is a pretty close second, and then it kind of drops off a little bit, and the last key, and then the third one, which eh, 
It just really has nothing to do. It gives me nothing, in my opinion. So I would recommend seeing The Last Key if you're a fan of the Insidious franchise. I think you'll enjoy the film. If you just want to see a horror movie, you'll probably enjoy it. Is it going to be the best horror movie of the year? No, not at all. It'll be probably in the top five, though, just because of how bad the genre of horror is nowadays. Which is really unfortunate because, like I said at the beginning, I'm a big horror fan. I love all the horror movies. I forced my fiancé to sit down and watch all three of these Insidious films before we saw The Last Key in theaters. She, she stuck it out. She watched them all. I gotta give her credit. Uh, she's not a huge horror fan. She's more of a Disney, uh, like, children movie fan, which, um, you know, they definitely have their validity as well. But, uh, yeah, huge horror fan. I really love what James Wan has always done in this uh, genre of horror nowadays. Unfortunately, James Wan wasn't the director of, I think, this one and the third one. And it's kind of obvious because they're just not as good. But he did create a very awesome franchise for them to kind of feed off of, which, which makes these movies probably better than they should be. So I recommend seeing it. Uh, I recommend seeing all of them in this series. It's not the best film uh, in theaters right now. The best films in theaters right now are, I think, if Star Wars is still in theaters, that's the best. Chumanji is a close second. But um, if you like horror, it's not too bad. As long as you don't go on a ice day like I did where school was off. Not even thinking about it, we go because it's uh, Tuesday and we get $5 tickets at any Cinemark. And, of course, it's filled to the brim with these high school kids or middle school kids, maybe. I don't know. And they were just acting obnoxious. Unfortunately, I was probably that kid when I was their age, so I understand. But, you know, I had to ask them to be quiet a few times. I had to shush them like some kind of old man. Moral of the story, go watch the movie. You'll enjoy it. I enjoyed it. It's not the best, but it's not terrible either. So I hope you enjoyed that. That's a full Insidious rundown ranking. I tried to not spoil the last key too much. But I need to give you a little bit of that backstory. And um, yeah, keep listening. See you. I could feel that someone was awake. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.